Hello, folks. This is JB with Not By Works Ministries with a special Wednesday podcast. As a reminder, we will not have our regular live stream on Wednesday night uh, tonight or any Wednesday throughout the months of September and October. I won't be speaking at Plum Creek Chapel on Wednesdays in September and October, so no live stream. But we are trying to post uh, different podcasts from our archives uh, from our radio show and uh, look forward to uh, today's podcast, which I'll tell you about in just a moment. But a couple of quick announcements. I just wanted to remind you that we're still working on Volume 2 of Spirit of the Antichrist, uh, putting the finishing touches on, on that book and final edits and things like that. It should be out and available by the end of October, and we'll have a more firm date as we get uh, through the next couple of weeks here. We should have a date for release by the end of September. Uh, but look for that sometime in October, probably late October. Continue to pray for us as we work on that. Already, uh, as I mentioned uh, recently on a podcast, uh, already uh, seeing some spiritual warfare and just a lot of things happening. In fact, things are happening so quickly that it's hard to keep up. I keep having to go back and put information into previous uh, chapters that are uh, complete. But uh, anyway, really excited about how the Lord's going to use Spirit of the Antichrist, uh, Volume 2. And if you're not familiar with that two-volume work, Volume 1 came out March 21st, and you can check that out at spiritoftheantichrist.org. I also want to mention we've got a couple of trips coming up. It'll be our final two ministry trips of the year. Uh, Next month in October, I'll be in Duluth, Minnesota, and Beaumont, Texas. I'll be in Duluth on Wednesday, October the 5th, speaking at a pastor's conference, and then I'll be in uh, uh, Beaumont, Texas at Beaumont Bible Church the following Wednesday on uh, October the 12th. I'll be speaking three times there, once in uh, chapel at the DM2 Ministries, which uh, is housed there, and then also in one of their classes, and then that night at the regular midweek service in Beaumont. So if you live in Beaumont, which is uh, east of Houston there, uh, or anywhere in East Texas there, and would like to Come see us. We'd love to invite you to Beaumont Bible Church on Wednesday night, October the 12th. I don't have the exact time, but you can check out their website uh, and I'm sure uh, find out the time. Uh, Or if you're in Duluth and you're a pastor, I always encourage you to attend the uh, pastor's conference in Duluth every year. It's always in October. Great time of fellowship, great spiritual nourishment as pastors meet together. And I'm uh, honored to get to speak there again this year. So with that, I want to uh, introduce today's uh, program. Again, it's a podcast uh, from our archives of our broadcast radio show. And, you know, earlier this week, I did a quick devotional at a men's breakfast, and the Lord put on my heart uh, the book of Haggai. It's kind of funny how the Lord leads sometimes. You know, I was thinking about different passages that that I'd been looking at as I'm working on the book and other uh, ministry projects and uh, just spending time in the Word. And I kept coming to New Testament passages, and I thought, you know, I'd sure like to share an Old Testament passage with these men. I tend to gravitate toward the New Testament. I guess we all do to some extent. But anyway, the Lord put on my heart Haggai, and, and in chapter 2, it talks about uh, the desire of the nations, uh, of course, a reference to Christ and prophecy of when the glory of the latter temple, the millennial temple from which Christ will reign over the earth, is going to be greater than any other temple. And so as I was thinking about that, I just shared a short devotional with the men. And then as we were looking through our old radio shows, we have hundreds of them, uh, I was kind of skipping through some of them to think what what would be a good you know radio program to, to throw out there for our podcasters. And I came across one on 
God's glory. And I thought, well, hey, that must be a theme for the week that the Lord is putting on my heart. But it's called The Search for Glory. And again, it's a few years old, but it's uh, just a great encouragement, I think, about uh, how you know we seem to have lost sight of God's glory today. You know, The glory seems to be fading in these great last days. Uh, Paul told us things would get worse and worse, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised at that. But not to worry. Someday, God's glory will return, the Shekinah will return, and uh, we uh, can look forward to that wonderful day when we're all together uh, in the kingdom. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. As always, if we can help with anything, uh, please feel free to reach out. I'm a little behind on email responses uh, because I've been literally working sun up to sundown, turning off my phone and trying to really get the uh, book uh, finished up. Um, but uh, be patient. I do return all emails, and I, I flag them, and I've uh, got uh, several to return. But if you can, uh, if you need anything, if we can do anything for you, feel free to reach out to us through notbyworks.org. You can also call me at 1-800-895-1851. So thanks again, and uh, we uh, hope you enjoy this uh, short uh, message. God bless. You are listening to Not By Works with Dr. J.B. Hickson. Advancing the message of God's amazing grace through the teaching of God's Word. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, He washed it white as snow. And now with today's message, here is Dr. Hickson. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. And every word of God is flawless, it's perfect, it's infallible. It has to be if it's the word of God. God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And that means when we study the Bible, it pierces our hearts, performing spiritual surgery, changing our lives. You know, God's word is the only foundation upon which we build our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. In other words, when our beliefs, attitudes, or practices differ from the principles contained in God's Word, we must change. They are the only standard. We cannot twist and manipulate the Word of God to meet our standards. We must change. You see, within the pages of Scripture, God has revealed to us everything we need for life and godliness. It's the blueprint for living. And listen to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Very important verse. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What does that mean? Well, that means that faith for those who are lost and need to be saved from the penalty of sin, which is eternal separation in a literal place of torment called hell, faith for those who are lost and need to be saved from that penalty comes by hearing the word of God, and specifically, the gospel that the Word of God proclaims, the good news that Jesus Christ, God's Son and our Savior, died for our sins and rose from the dead. But Romans 10, 17 also means that faith for those who are already saved to grow spiritually mature day by day also comes by hearing the Word of God. Well, hello again, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with Not By Works. And today on the program, we're going to be looking at the subject of God's glory. God's glory. I'm calling this message The Search for Glory, and I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of Haggai, the Old Testament 6th century minor prophet, post-exilic prophet. The book of Haggai. You probably don't hear too many messages from Haggai. It's just two short chapters, and 
the prophet Haggai ministered in the year 520 B.C., but it's a very fascinating book, particularly when it comes to the subject of God's glory. I'm going to begin with a story. When I was uh, in eighth grade, my family moved from the northeast down to Texas, down to the city of Houston. And I was a big football fan growing up and had uh, been to lots of football games, high school football games and the like, and even went to one NFL game up in uh, uh, New York to see the New York Giants play the Dallas Cowboys at the old Meadowlands Stadium. In fact, it was the very first regular season game played at the Meadowlands when it was built. And, of course, now the Meadowlands is no longer even around. It tells you how old I am. Uh, but, uh, but I loved football, and so I remember very vividly the first time my father took me to the Astrodome. The Astrodome is also no longer uh, really in use, but uh, at the time it was really a, a modern wonder, and it was an incredible stadium, an indoor football stadium, a huge indoor football stadium. And I remember the first time I went there, as we walked in and kind of got to the mezzanine level and we're walking around the outer uh, you know, mezzanine level where all the concession stands are, and you couldn't really see the field yet because we hadn't gone down into the actual seating area, but you could catch a glimpse every now and then of this bright green field, the AstroTurf, as they called it. And I remember when we first finally walked down in there and I saw uh, the full football field, it just blew me away. It was awe-inspiring. It was stunning to just picture this field, uh, an NFL football field that I had seen uh, on TV and seen uh, football teams playing on, but to, to see it inside a building and to see these little bitty players way down there on the field playing, it was unbelievable. And then uh, later on, I learned that the Superdome, another incredible indoor stadium, which is also kind of uh, seen better days in recent years as time goes on, uh, but I, I determined or discovered that it was an unbelievably larger stadium. In fact, the Superdome, when it was built, was so big that you could take the entire Astrodome in Houston, outside walls and all, outside perimeter and all, pick it up and set it on the very floor inside the Superdome. That's how big the Superdome is. Now, both of those buildings might be considered to be incredibly glorious from a human perspective. But many of us remember the devastation of Hurricane Katrina many years ago that hit New Orleans and all of the news coverage and photos of the Superdome that so-called glorious stadium and all of the muck and the mire and the destruction both inside and outside. Where did the glory go? Well, man got a hold of it. That's where it went. Uh, some might even say FEMA got a hold of it, but that's another story. But where did the glory go? As we look around us in our world today, we see a world that is facing unprecedented moral collapse, economic collapse, crises, problems, and yet we know this world was created by God, and we might ask, where has all the glory gone? And that's why my uh, heart was led to the book of Haggai, because Haggai the prophet wrote to a country 500 years before Christ that had lost its glory. It was a post-exilic uh, community. They were apathetic, discouraged. Their walls were torn down. The city was in great need of repair. The temple remained unfinished uh, from its destruction. And Haggai tells them that although the glory has faded, a time is coming when God's glory will fill the temple like never before. It was a hopeful message. But in the meantime, he says, the manifestation of God's glory comes through God's people, the Israelites. They had a responsibility to rebuild the temple, to be the light, uh, 
to be the light that the entire world might see the glory of God. And you know what? We have that responsibility in this present age. As Haggai the prophet tells us in Haggai chapter 2, verse, beginning in verse 6, there is a time coming when the temple will be rebuilt. God will come back again. Jesus Christ will return just as he promised he would. He will take the throne in the rebuilt temple that Ezekiel the prophet describes in Ezekiel 40 to 48. He will rule and reign in perfect peace and justice and righteousness. We can count on that because God's word is true. Let God's word be true and every man a liar. But in the meantime, in this present age, this church age, this mystery of the church age, Jew and Gentile in one body, God has tasked you and me, believers in the body of Christ, with representing his glory. And I want us to take a look at this a passage in Haggai chapter 2. Listen to what the prophet says in verse 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. And I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. That's Jesus Christ. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. And the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Boy, what a time that will be. What a time it will be, beginning with a time of uh, terror when the Lord comes back uh, on, at the second coming in the Battle of Armageddon. And indeed, the, the, the earth will be shaken. There will be an earthquake like never before. Jesus promised this in the Olivet Discourse, the, uh, an earthquake unprecedented in human history. I mean, we have some pretty incredible earthquakes now, and they seem to be intensifying in fulfillment of biblical prophecy. But the one that will accompany his return will indeed shake all nations. You know, sometimes I look around us at our world and particularly at the incredible moral uh, debauchery that has come to characterize the United States of America. And, and, and I just want to shake our country. I just want to grab it by the shoulders and say, wake up. I mean, we've got gender neutrality. We've got the homosexual agenda. We've got abortion where we're killing American citizens by the millions. Uh, it's unbelievable the amount of evil that seems to reign in this country. And, and it's, it's no accident that we call our flag that represents the freedoms of this republic old glory. And, and it's fair to ask, where has that glory gone? And uh, that's where the scripture becomes so hopeful. Because in the first place, it reminds us that we can have a relationship with the very God that we have rebelled against. You know, you know sometimes people say, you know, if, if God is so loving and gracious and wonderful and perfect, you know, how do you explain all the terrible evil that's in the world today? Well, listen, that's not the way God created this world. He created it perfect. He created us in His image. We were to reflect the glory of God. And we did reflect the glory of God when He created us. But He did not make us as mindless robots who had no choice but to obey Him. What kind of a relationship would that be with our Creator? No, He created us with free will. And then we chose to tarnish His glory when we chose to do the one thing he warned us not to do, which was to eat uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when we did, we tarnished his glory. We brought sin and, and death and corruption into this world. And here we are 6,000 years later, 6,000 years later, 
and look at the devastation around us. You know, the Apostle Paul says evil men and imposters will wax worse and worse. They'll grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Sin is a degenerative disease. Sin does not get better if left to itself. Sin gets worse and worse. And what we see around us today is just the natural result of human beings who chose to rebel against the Creator. And by the way, the only way to have that image restored, to have the righteousness of God given back to us, to be clothed in His glorious righteousness, is by faith alone in Christ alone. You can't earn it. There's no amount of rebuilding project or self-reformation or no amount of construction we can do on the fallen uh, temple that is humanity that will rebuild it to its former glory days of old. We are depraved, totally depraved. And it's in the blood. It's, in, it's, it's a part of our DNA. It's passed down from Adam. The Bible says, Wherefore by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And uh, so we're born in sin. David said, In sin my mother conceived me. And so no amount of self-reformation can restore that glory. It has to be by faith alone in Christ alone. And every individual from Adam forward who places their faith in the Lord for salvation is saved. That's what Abraham did. He received the righteousness of God by faith, not because he was a good person or tried harder or worked harder or did more or cleaned himself up. You know, uh, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. And uh, you can try to clean up your life and you're still a sinner. You know, a lot of times I run into people who still are under the mistaken notion that getting into heaven is about moral reformation. If they can just do more, if they can just make a stronger commitment, be better, work harder, be more righteous, be more moral, they'll get into heaven. And the sad thing is that a, a sinner who needs a Savior and who pulls himself up by his bootstraps and just works harder and is very moral, all that means is that he's going to go to hell more moral than he would have if he hadn't done that. And there will be a lot of moral people in hell, people who on the outward appearance, are pretty self-righteous. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these good things? And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. See, there's a reason why the Bible calls Christians believers. The Bible doesn't call Christians committers or uh, surrenderers or obediencers. The Bible calls us believers because the only way to be saved is by faith. More than 160 times the New Testament conditions eternal life upon faith alone, in Christ alone. And uh, so those who try to clean up their lives will just go to, go to hell more clean, but they've never dealt with the one issue in life, which is their sin, and that only uh, can be dealt with by faith. So we restore that broken, tarnished image by faith alone in Christ alone. But what about uh, our culture at large? How can we bring back the glory? As we think about this search for glory, I, I want us to think about some of the principles that we find here in the book of Haggai. You know, the name Haggai, the prophet, means feast or festive. He was the first prophet through whom God spoke to the Judeans after they returned from the Babylonian exile. But again, it was a low point for them because they looked around and there was no glory. It was a city in, in great need of repair. But in about the year 520 B.C., Haggai comes along and he says, the glory of the latter temple will be greater than the former. You can take hope. Someday, right here in Jerusalem, I will give peace. Well, what is glory? The word glory in Scripture means beauty, splendor, majesty. 
That's why, in an earthly sense, we call magnificent structures such as the Astrodome once upon a time or the Superdome once upon a time glorious structures. But again, over time, uh, corruption takes its toll and the glory begins uh, to fade. The Hebrew word is kavod, which means heavy. And the Greek equivalent to the word kavod in Hebrew is the Greek word doxa which among other nuances means power and greatness and might. So when we think about God's glory, we think about his heavy power and might. And, uh, you know, God's glory is, is how we might describe the sum total of all of his attributes. God's glory is, is a profound, glowing, visible expression of his attributes. You remember in uh, Exodus uh, chapter uh, 33, uh, what Moses said in his conversation with God? Um, Moses said in verse 18, Exodus 33, please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock. And so it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take my hand away, and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not see. He says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. That's the glory of the Lord. You know, someone has said you can try to describe God, but ultimately everything that is said of God is unworthy for the very reason that it is capable of being said. And, you know, there are many ways God manifests his glory throughout time. Of course, he did it in his highest pinnacle of creation, mankind, when he said, let us create man in our image, male and female, which is why this attack on gender neutrality and homosexual marriage is such a demonic attack. I, I, I agree with my friend Paul Van Noy. This is the greatest demonic attack in the history of mankind today to destroy the very image of God in man, the fundamental distinction between male and female. And uh, there are many other problems, to be sure, but this is one of the last frontiers in Satan's battle to kind of uh, take over the world and usher in his one-world government where he will ultimately rule and reign through uh, the Antichrist. Uh, but there, besides the, the original creation, the highest pinnacle of creation, God reveals his glory in all of creation. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. And then for a period of time, God revealed himself through his temple. The Shekinah glory of God was present first in the tabernacle through the Ark of the Covenant and then in the temple. And we see uh, this Shekinah glory at various times in Israel's history, representing the very presence of God. And we also see times when it disappeared. The old, the old Ichabod, no glory. You know, remember that, that name Ichabod? Uh, that's two, it's a compound word in Hebrew, kavod. Uh, glory, Ichabod, or I with the prefix, no glory. Ichabod, no glory. And, and, and I think that's what we're dealing with today, that uh, you have to look far and wide to find glimpses of God's glory. Uh, just as I was walking around the Astrodome and could just see glimpses of that bright green astroturf, and then when I saw it in all of its fullness, it was like, wow, it blew me away. Well, today, God is still very much at work and present and adding, uh, you know, uh, incredible people to the family of God. And, and we're seeing pockets of revival happen all around the world today. But by and large, uh, Satan is the prince of the power of this air. This is the present evil age where the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. And the glory is tarnished. The glory is tarnished. That's why it's so important for us to make his glory known. 
you know, in the progress of revelation over time, the greatest manifestation of God's glory became the incarnation, Jesus Christ, the perfect God-man. You know, in Hebrews uh, chapter 1, listen to the way uh, the Bible describes uh, the, the, the coming of Christ. He says in beginning in verse 1, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days, remember the church age is the last days, there's a difference in the Bible between the last days and the end times, the end times is, starts with the rapture and is all of the end times prophecies coming to fulfillment. Uh, the last days is the present church age. And he says, He has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Listen to this. This is talking about Christ, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's Christ. You see, Christ uh, fulfills everything that the original creation of of man uh, failed when we sinned. So Jesus Christ is fully God. He's the eternal Son of God. He didn't become a God or come into existence at the incarnation. He just took on human flesh. And he lived a perfect, holy, sinless life, and yet was without sin. So that he, as the perfect God-man and as a human being, could take our sin upon him on the cross. And he's the only one who could do that. No other human being had room on their plate to take on the sins of anyone else, let alone the whole world. But Jesus Christ was sinless. So he paid a debt he didn't know because we all owed a debt we could never pay. And he paid our penalty when he died and rose again for our sins. So God's glory is still very much here. It's here in creation. It's here in the lives of believers who live out God's glory by walking in the Spirit and not after the flesh, by abiding in close fellowship with Christ, by letting the righteousness of Christ flow through them, uh, by producing the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. But we still have that sin nature. You know, if, if righteousness was automatic in the life of believers, we'd all be perfect. That's the reason I, sh- I have such a hard time with those Bible teachers who suggest that, you know, every believer is guaranteed to produce good works. Well, if, we, if it's guaranteed, why aren't we all perfect? <laughs> no, it's not guaranteed. We have a sin nature. We can tarnish that glory. We can, we can represent the old man instead of the new man. We can walk in the flesh and not after the spirit. We can quench the spirit and grieve the spirit and resist the spirit. And what we need, if we want to see God's glory return to this earth while the Lord tarries is coming, is we need men and women of faith, those believers who know the Lord, to live out the glory of God in their lives, to represent God's glory. We are the only ones who can do it. You know, we are to shine like stars in this perverse generation. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and what? Glorify the Father who is in heaven. We are His representatives. Listen, if we're not uh, living for the Lord, then people aren't going to see the glory of the Lord. You want to look around and and lament uh, all the fading glory around us? Well, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror and say, how can I represent the very glory of God by sharing Christ with others, by walking by faith, by being an encouragement to others, and by living out the new life that we have in Christ? Well, you've been listening to Not By Works, and my name is J.B. Hickson. Thank you so much for joining us for the program today. What about you? Has there been a time in your life when you've trusted in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation? That's the first step to restoring the image of God in man. 
You're saved by faith, and then you walk by faith. And if you've already trusted Christ, let me encourage you to continue to walk by faith and not by sight, serving the Lord. And if you'd like more information about the gospel or anything that we've talked about on today's program, let me encourage you to give us a call at 1-800-895-1851. Number again, 1-800-895-1851. You can also contact us through our website at notbyworks.com. O-R-G. Well, I invite you to join me again next time as we look to the Word of God to strengthen our faith and change our lives. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Not By Works Ministries is committed to promoting the clear gospel message that eternal life is a free gift, available only through faith in Jesus Christ alone, who died and rose again for our sins. We seek to advance this clear message of God's amazing grace through our daily radio program and through a nationwide conference speaking ministry on a variety of biblical topics. We also have books, DVDs, CDs, and other biblical resources available through our online store at notbyworks.org. To learn more about our ministry or to schedule a Not By Works conference, please visit notbyworks.org. If you share our passion for the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel, we invite you to join us in this mission by financially supporting our ministry. For a gift of any amount, we would like to send you a copy of Dr. Hickson's book, The Gospel Unplugged, Good News Plain and Simple. You may donate online at notbyworks.org or by calling 1-800-895-1851. That's 1-800-895-1851. 1851